Welcome to The Pastor's Cut, a podcast of Park Community Church in Chicago. Every time a pastor prepares a sermon, there's all kinds of material that influences, shapes, and informs, but ultimately gets cut from the final preach. The Pastor's Cut is a chance to go behind the scenes and access that content that informs our teaching every week at Park. This week, we're discussing what got cut from my sermon on Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through 10, with Paul and Timothy in the Macedonian vision. So, let's get started. I'm your host, Trevor Lovell, and this is The Pastor's Cut. All right, well, thanks for joining. For those of you listening today, it's just me flying solo. Uh, Part of ministry in the summer is that there's a fair amount of travel and family vacations and weddings and and all kinds of things that take place, Um, but but that's okay. So we'll make our way to the content one way or another. So this is a solo trip today, but thank you for joining me. With that, let's go ahead and jump into the sermon recap from this past weekend. Um, So I preached at near North Lincoln Park in the center region on the book of Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through 10. Uh, verses 1 through 10 there. And uh, the big idea was really just just this, that obedience is the place in which direction is found. Obedience is the place in which direction is found. And that uh, I kind of worked through two points in breaking that down. The passage really broke down into two different sections. The first one uh, being Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through, uh, 1 through 5, where Paul and Timothy, uh, well, Paul meets Timothy as he's revisiting the cities from the first missionary journey. Timothy, this young follower of Jesus, uh, their relationship begins. Paul invites him to join in the rest of the journey. Um, and it goes on to be a really significant relationship throughout um, in, in the New Testament, throughout Scripture, really, as uh, probably a third of the New Testament's writings involve both of them. Two of Paul's letters, First and Second Timothy, were actually written from Paul to Timothy while uh, Timothy was pastoring in the city of Ephesus, and several of Paul's letters actually mention Timothy as a co-author. Um, so, and it's kind of cool here that in the book of Acts, we get to see how their relationship begins as Paul meets Timothy when he's just a young follower of Jesus and invites him to join uh, in this missionary journey. And so that's really the first half. And then uh, the second half, verses 6 through 10, are uh, about the team, Paul and, and the team that he's formed with Silas and Timothy, and and also the author, Luke, um, at this point has joined the team, which you can see uh, from the language in, in verse 10 that he actually says, and when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia. And so it's the first time the the, the author throughout the book is referring to himself saying we, and you see that throughout parts of the second missionary journey, which is the the author's way, Luke's way of saying, hey, I'm I'm actually a part of this story for for these couple sections of it. Um, But so the second half of the passage is just them finding uh, sort of the direction for the rest of their journey. As Paul had revisited all the cities at, at this point, that he was going to, that he had uh, planted churches in the first journey. And so now they're about to kind of branch out into uncharted territory for the gospel, plant churches in new cities. But the question is, where are they going to go? And he tries to go in one direction, and uh, the Spirit of God tells him no. He tries to go in another direction. The Spirit says no again. And uh, he just kind of wanders along until he runs into the coast, and they're trying to figure out where they're going to go. Uh, when all of a sudden a vision comes to Paul in the night of a man from Macedonia urging him to come over there. And just like that, the the direction is kind of made clear and uh, where they're supposed to go is made plain and simple to them that they're going to go over to Macedonia into the continent of Europe and introduce the gospel there for the very first time. And so kind of wanted to lean into the experience of the team there. And, and what does it look like for us to find God's direction for our own lives? How do we navigate the will of God for our own lives, which sometimes can be a difficult thing to, to kind of figure out. And so leaned into a couple of pieces there, basically that um, 
you know, that this should be an approach that we should have of, uh, you know, as we're going through life, having an understanding that God does have a will for our lives and that we should try and live according to that. Um, and that God, part of our relationship with him is that he does give us guidance and, and lead us in certain ways. And, uh, and so there's, there's a richness to our relationship in that way. Um, but then also that community is one of the ways that we navigate those pieces, that having friends and family that we respect, who care about us, who are uh, followers of Jesus as well, who know the scripture as well, that having those kind of people to kind of help us sort out the decisions we're making and how God is working in our lives and where he's leading us to is also a very helpful thing. So uh, basically to summarize, obedience is the place in which direction is found and obedience always places us in community. And so how do we navigate our lives according to the will of God? It's really obedience and community. Those are the ways that we do that. So that's kind of a, a quick recap of the sermon. Um, jumping into the what got cut portion, a couple of the pieces would be, I would have liked to have leaned in further to, um, in the part about Paul and Timothy, there's a, a part where in order for Timothy to join the team, Paul actually has him circumcised. And Uh, coming off the Jerusalem Council in chapter 15, where they kind of make the theological decision that this isn't necessary for salvation. The question is, well, why does Paul have him do that? And the text explains that Timothy's father is Greek, but his mother's Jewish. And so uh, he would have been understood to be a Jewish person. And yet, because his father was Greek, he hadn't received circumcision. And so in the eyes of Jewish people, he was an apostate Jew who had rejected God because he didn't have the, the, the mark of the covenant. He didn't have circumcision. And so Paul has him receive that, not, not in order to receive forgiveness or salvation or anything like that, but so that it kind of, so he removes that stumbling block for sharing the gospel with the Jewish people for Timothy. And so basically it's kind of a real realteration of his life in order to share the gospel and um, had kind of asked the question at a certain point, just saying, well, what would it look like for us to not just kind of tack evangelism onto the kind of already existing pieces of our lives, but, but to really allow the mission of God and this priority of evangelism and wanting to share the gospel with other people to introduce them into a relationship with God and ideally with the church as well, what would it look like to actually reshape our lives around that, to let that uh, alter, the, not, just to, not just to kind of tack that onto the already existing pieces of our lives, but to let that alter the shape of our lives altogether? And I would have liked to lean into kind of some more practical examples of how we could do that. Um, and I think one of the biggest things is just building relationships, right, which requires time and intentionality. And in the city, I think we can have a tendency to kind of be so laser focused on our careers and and kind of maximizing every minute that we have um, of, of the day and of the week. And I think sometimes we can be guilty of not creating a whole lot of margin in our lives for the sake of relationships, because relationships need margin. Uh, you, you've got to spend time with people in order to develop relationships with them. And, and the majority of the time, in order to share the gospel with someone, you have to have a relationship with them. You have to really build into that and invest and show that you have a genuine care and concern for that person. And so... I think in some ways that might look like not pursuing certain jobs or opportunities that we could pursue, um, but but to not do that for the sake of maintaining margin in our lives for relationships and for the sake of the gospel. And so I think that's a challenging thing. It's not necessarily the culture of the city to to not kind of continue to climb the ladder when, when the door is open. I think a lot of times the expectation is you kind of climb as high as you can, but and it's just interesting to consider what would it look like to kind of make that countercultural step of not continuing to climb 
in order to maintain margin to develop relationships for the sake of sharing the gospel. So just a thought there. A couple other things would be maybe being willing to start things, like maybe a Bible study in the office that you work in, whether that's over lunch, maybe it's in the evenings after the office closes, just if you've got some other followers of Jesus there, um, and even people who are just curious and wanting to start, uh, you know, maybe they'd be open to studying the Bible and they'd be up for jumping in with that, uh, could be a great opportunity. So a willingness to start things like that. Um, Another another thing would be, you know, maybe even it's something as significant as moving closer to the church that you attend so that, um, you know, there's just so many natural rhythms in life, whether it's going to the park, uh, just coming in and out of your building, going to the grocery store, where uh, even like going on a, a running path or a biking path, right? You, you kind of can see similar people in your neighborhood and you get to know them and have conversations. And But when you live uh, a good distance away from the church that you attend, it makes it difficult to invite those people to church once a relationship is built and you get a sense that they might be interested, they might be open to that. Um, and so I think living a, a good distance away from where your church gathers can actually create some difficulties there uh, in kind of sharing the gospel, but also get, inviting people to be a part of the church community that you're a part of. And so if you're able to financially, if that's an option for you, I think it's worth considering what would it look like to actually move and live closer to where your church gathers Um I, it, which is a, a pretty significant alteration of life circumstances, but uh, I, I think it's a really powerful way to, to kind of shape our lives to be able to share the gospel and invite people into the church community that we're a part of. So so those are just some thoughts that I would have liked to lean into more, but just didn't have the time to. Um, and then second off what got cut would be uh, th- this idea of the portrayal of God that sometimes when we get into talking around you know, God's direction for our lives and, and kind of trying to figure out, well, what what's kind of the balance between God has given us all the direction we need in Scripture versus, you know, we do have a relationship with Him, we're filled with the Spirit, uh, and He leads us in ways that... Um, that are just happen in the context of our relationship with him and aren't always directly tied to scripture. They're within the bounds of scripture, uh, but not always that being the, the kind of the direct vehicle that that happens through. And I think sometimes God can be portrayed in such a way that, you know, it's like, I don't give you the specific direction. That That's not what a relationship with me looks like. People can portray God in such a way where it's almost like, hey, I gave you this book. You got the, you've got the scriptures, this collection of 66 books. Just read that. Follow that. I've revealed my will there. Live according to that, and, uh, and I'll see you when you get here, which I think isn't actually an accurate portrayal of, of how the scriptures um, give us a, a sense of what God is like, that that it's not like we just have his will in scripture and and that's enough. But I think scripture itself, you know, he does reveal his overarching will for what he's doing in uh, in creation and with humanity and all of that. So so definitely, right? And scripture is, provides the boundaries for for understanding his direction in our lives. But but also we are invited into a relationship with him filled with the spirit and he provides guidance and direction for our lives in ways where scripture isn't always the vehicle. Um, it's always going to be in line with it, but uh, but even in the passage we see that God, he, he gives this direction to Paul and the team here through a vision. And even the, the direction comes in, in the form of red lights before, and it says it's the spirit of Jesus and the spirit of God that tells them, no, not to go in this direction. And so uh, I think it's just, 
it's helpful to understand that we receive direction from God in both ways. That yes, absolutely, Scripture plays an incredibly important role in that. Uh, but also in the context of our relationship with God, as we lean into that more in prayer, in reading scripture, spending time with God, as we invest in that, uh, that, that we come to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit more and more, and we receive guidance and direction from God in that way. And, and to kind of tie that back into the main idea of the, the sermon, obedience is the place in which direction is found. Uh, I think that even fits with this pretty well, because if you ask, well, okay, direction comes in the context of my relationship with God, but how do I grow my relationship with God? It's through obedience, right? It's, it's through spending time with Him. It's through living in a way that's honoring to Him for the sake of, of honoring Him, right? And, uh, and in all of these ways, as we live in obedience, that that grows our relationship with him because we're doing so as an act of worship. All of these things that when we, when we live in obedience, when we go to church, when we, uh, you know, part of community, whether that's a small group or, or some other aspect of, or avenue for that, these are ways that we grow our relationship with God. And through that, we come to know him at, at greater and, and deeper levels, and we're able to kind of discern and understand his direction for our lives in, in even greater ways. So, so that was just kind of something I wanted to tease out that that had to do with the way that we understand God in our relationship with him and the scripture and all of that. So those are really the two things that I would have wanted to lean into a little bit more. Um, but yeah, so thankful to have the chance to explore them a little bit here. So, all right. Thank you all for listening. I uh, hope this was helpful. And um, we'll be back next week with a new episode as we continue to work through the book of Acts. Thanks for listening. All right. Thanks for joining us this week. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Again, if you have any questions you'd like us to discuss in an upcoming episode, you can send those to us at podcast at parkcommunitychurch.org or just drop a comment wherever you happen to be listening. Thanks so much. We'll be back next week with a new episode.